Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. This is Golf Monthly's weekly podcast in which we take a look at the various different events in the world of golf. My name is Neil Tappin and I have a couple of the regulars in the Clubhouse with me, both of which have got um, a cup of coffee. Actually, Nick doesn't. No, no coffee. Why well, have coffee when you can have tea? That's always my question. But, oh, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, Nick Bonfield. Nick. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thanks. Yourself? Uh, not bad. Uh, a good result for Villa this weekend, I thought. You know, um, one goal deficit, so encouraging signs. On the up, poised for a late season surge, I think, up the table. It's going to have to be very late. Are they? A quick uh, football-related question before we go on to golf: Are they the worst team in Premier League history? No, Derby were worse. <laughs> in fact, we beat Derby six 0 in that season. How the worms turn? Nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, okay, no, they statistically they were uh, worse than us. I think we're first, probably first slightly stat. better, but not by much. Okay, uh, we're a horrendous football team, and I feel sorry for can anyone. You, can you mute him? Us. Can you mute Nick, please? We don't <laughs> want me to, we really don't want to here. listen. Let's move on. Let's move on, no, indeed. Uh, and Tom Clark, that's the, the voice of Tom Clark. You can hear Tom. How are you? This is the voice of Tom Clark. I'm very well, thank you, Tom. We've had various correspondents. Uh, to tell us that Tom needs to speak up. Uh, well, I think it's actually down to my producer, who appears to be you, Neil, who <laughs> keeps turning me down. And when we had to share the microphone, Nick using his very sharp elbows to uh, nudge me out the world. And I'm a very polite person, obviously. But no, this week you have your own mic. I have my own mic, so if you can't no hear me, then it's probably my fault. But hopefully you can hear me. Okay, good. And I look forward to your many different pearls of wisdom, being able to hear them loud and clear. Right. Um, you and the hundreds slash thousands others out there. Uh, okay, so on the show this week, we ha- are going to take a look back at the Honda Classic that was won by Adam Scott. Uh, and we'll touch on how Golf Monthly's picks did at the Honda Classic because it wasn't a week um, uh, of triumph for us as a team. But we'll talk about that There's later. There's nothing like highlighting it when we don't, <laughs> you know, reach the mark. <laughs> um, and then we will, uh, we're going to move over. Uh, earlier last week, we did a big driver test. So myself, Joel Tadman, uh, Jake O'Reilly, Mike Harris, Jeremy Elwood, Rob Smith from all from the magazine went to Foresight Sports HQ uh, in Guildford in Surrey, um, where they have a couple of uh, fantastic simulators. And we tested all of the drivers that are currently on the market. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit about how that went, what our various picks were from uh, the big driver test. Uh, then when we're finished with that, we're going to come back to the studio here and we're going to preview the big tournament of the week which is the WGC Cadillac Championship uh, the first WGC event of the year the first one where uh, McElroy Day and Spieth are all in the field together so uh, it's certainly uh, a big tournament and one that we will all be following very closely so uh, before we do that let's have a little um, look back at what happened at the Honda Classic um, it was won by Adam Scott on a score of minus nine Shot 70 on the last day to beat Sergio Garcia by one. Um, a great win, a great uh, return to the winner's circle for Adam Scott. Uh, Tom, I'm going to come to you first. Lucky me. Thoughts? <laughs> oh, no specific questions. question. Um, we did mention him um, in passing last week. I'm not going to pretend that I picked Adam Scott to win because I didn't. <laughs> but I did, we, we did mention that he'd already looked quite uh, looking to get it back to the form which got him to um, his Masters win. And did he, come, well, he was world number one, wasn't he? He was world he number was, one. Yeah. He was, yeah. Um, so he looks back, his, his iron play in particular, uh, and that was really evident this week where... Um, it, it really does suit the ball, the best ball strikers in the world. And if you're off your game, that that golf course will eat you up. But it was, it's just great. I have never been a huge fan of Adam Scott because, as you said last week, because I think I think because he uses long putter. And then this week, I was watching and I was going, oh, I'm really glad to see Adam Scott doing well. I don't know what's going on inside your head. What, well, that <laughs> well clearly, who does? We but um, I don't know whether that's other people out there think that as well. But suddenly, because he seems to not be trying to help his game by. You know, oh. By technology or whatever, okay. I don't know. Careful. I, well, I, 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 is, <laughs> I never ever believe that there should be an anchoring ban. Um, I just think it's an interesting. Well, well, hang on a minute, Nick. Why? Because uh, if it's I if it's against if it's against the, the the rules of golf, saying that you can't anchor a club I don't to your it, body, it gave any tangible advantage to those who wielded it personally, okay, and so. it was much harder to get the ball closer from far away. And I think that one person won a major with a long putter, and then everyone. <laughs> This massive Ferrari kicked up for for very little reason. I think it was massively overplayed. Ernie Els then wins the Open next year with a long putter. But if you actually looked at the putting stats over the weekend, he was something like 60th out of 73 people who made the cut. I just think the whole thing was overblown. Well, I know, but I think the point is that Adam Scott, 
um, used the long putter, not because he had the yips or anything like that. It's because he was not putting very well with his short putter. And he, <laughs> I think the thing which really gets my back up is that he's, I think, using a claw grip. Yes. Neil, you're you're more into the technical. I also use a claw grip. Yes, because you're, not, as well. you're also not very good <laughs> with a putter. Um, <laughs> but move on. Suddenly, well, yes, but he seemed to go from oh, I'm struggling with my short putter. I'm going to use a long putter without doing, trying all the other bits and pieces. And suddenly, he's been told that he has to change. And suddenly he's he's just found a technique which is is definitely working for him. Yes. So why didn't he do that in the first place? It's a that, sci- that's the thing which I study. I think is actually quite fascinating. If if you perceive something to be beneficial to you, you will do it. And he obviously perceived the long putter to be beneficial. And then when you take that away and you impose a blanket ban, it's just fascinating to monitor what then happens. And yeah. Adam Scott realizes he can putt with a short putter. He won way more tournaments in his life with the short putter just happened to win the one masters with the long putter and the anchored model um i, I wanted to come back at back it. in the day he was a very good putter i mean look at the players championship victory for example when in 2002 yep. or three something like that and he was a good putter same with ernie so it's just it is very interesting I, I want to come back and talk a little bit about the anchored putter ban actually uh, a little bit later but before i do i just wanted to ask you nick about uh adam scott's long game because when he's on full flow like he was this weekend it is just brilliant to watch isn't it it's a bit rory-esque it's it's kind of he's in that category of players that when his long game is on the rest of them they look as if they're almost playing a different sport that yeah. he's he's so good from tee to green it's yeah. just brilliant to watch he's an imperious ball striker and when you combine that with form on the greens you've got a man who will win multiple major championships it's a surprise that he's what 36 years old now and he's only got over the line one time if he fails to win at least three more, you'd probably say it's a disappointing career given how talented he is. But I just want to draw attention to the fact that hit the ball 300... <laughs> sorry, hang on. Tom is just shaking sorry. his head. Absolutely a disappointing indignant. career. <laughs> That's an outrageous statement. He's got Relative world number one and won the Masters. Relative Very, to his talent yeah. levels. Because he is so good, I'm just trying to say in a roundabout way that he's okay. a phenomenally gifted golfer. And if he only okay. wins one major, that's a massive disappointment in my book. But at the weekend, he averaged oh, 306 we yards off the tee, Next looking hit pad. 76% of greens in regulation, and was gained 0.675 strokes on the putting surfaces relative to the field. <laughs> and that is a great set of stats across the board. So if he keeps that up, he's going to be dangerous this year. Well, <laughs> the silence that follows <laughs> that says a lot. Um, uh, he Were you oh, able to digest those? <laughs> no, not really. He hit the ball a long way. Um, hit the ball a long way and, and putted well. quite well. I've got a stat for you. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas, uh, Adam Scott, the first player to make a quadruple bogey in a tournament and win since 2009. Who did it in Stan 2009? Mickelson. Oh, so that's, good. that's where my knowledge ends. <laughs> 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 um, but actually, I was watching on, on Saturday night uh, when that happened, and it was incredible. I mean, just he had been so good. He was, I think he was seven under at the time for the round, and it was windy and it was difficult, and nobody else was getting anywhere near that. He, was, he, he looked brilliant. And then suddenly he pushes one off the tee and then got a little bit too aggressive with the next one, and from nowhere he was making a quadruple, and it just goes to show how much pressure those last few holes create at the, um, uh, at the PGA National, uh, the bear trap. This was 15, I think it was. Um, and it caught him out, and you wouldn't have expected it to, given how good his ball striking was, given how well he was playing. I think the one thing that we can definitely say for that weekend is what a great tournament that is, actually, because um, our first couple of rounds in in PGA Tour events, for some of the early season ones especially, if you're at the top of the leaderboard, then you're probably going to stay there, and someone's probably going to go away from them. Well, actually, they came back to the field this time, and the scores were... Well, I think Ricky Fowler was leading at six under after round two and nine under won it. So, um, no, yeah. really, really it's good tournament. The course yeah. is awesome. It's, it's funny because a couple of years ago, I went to the PGA National. Did you? The... Name drop. <laughs> Clang. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I was not impressed by the golf course, actually. I thought it looked a bit bland. It, it's so flat. And it's mm. surrounded by houses. And it's in this kind of big uh, residential area. And I just thought, I don't really get it. I don't get it at all um but over the last couple of years when i've been watching it um a little bit probably a bit closer having been there watching a bit closer on tv um it doesn't matter that it's flat and that it is surrounded by by houses if you have a stretch of holes like they have at the end of the round Mm. that are just and actually it it extends a little bit beyond the bear trap because 18 is a great hole 14 is an absolute 
beast of a hole, I thought. Eleven's uh, a great hole. Um, actually, when you take it as a piece of architecture, as a, a golf golf course design, it's set up for tournament play, and it's a very good test for them. It is, but also we must remember there's a lot of wind, and when wind and uh, wind and water don't mix particularly well, but there is <laughs> potential for catastrophe at every turn there, and that's what makes it such riveting viewing. I think is having water in play on all the five closing holes. Quite literally, anything can happen. And now we're into a series of events on the PGA Tour where water features prominently, and I love the stretch leading up to the Masters. It's a really good run of events. It is, it is. And I wanted to very quickly uh, talk to you both about Zach Johnson. Ah. Didn't see that coming. No. But, um, no, but please. Only because on... He's, he's won two majors. Watching on Thursday evening. He was the Open champion uh, last year. <laughs> Is that what you wanted okay, to no, know? I or? didn't... Well, it's not a um, you know, quiz as to how much you oh, know about okay. him. Um, I was watching on Thursday night and he was struggling. I think he shot five over in round one. And uh, Radar, uh, Wayne Riley, who's a uh, Golf Monthly columnist, um, was quite animated uh, talking about why he would switch to a new equipment manufacturer, an mm-hmm. unproven equipment manufacturer. Um, uh, I don't know if you've seen an awful lot about the news that Zach Johnson, Billy Horschel of, uh, I think, Ryan Moore. Ryan P- Moore, yeah. yeah. PXG. Um, there's a couple, James Hahn, I think a couple of others as well. Yeah, and, and Radar's comment was, you're open champion. Effectively, what, what are you doing? Mm. What are you doing? Um, and he, and then so then this morning I, I looked to see what his record over the last, uh, you know, this season has been, and he's finished. He's had one top ten, three top twenty-five, two missed cuts, and he's one hundred and eighth on the FedEx Cup rankings. Um, what do you think about Radar's comments? Harsh? I I think he's probably a little harsh because if everybody who was playing these new clubs was having a bad time of it, then maybe he might have a point. But if you've already mentioned Billy Horshaw. Billy Horshaw finished top 10. Oh, I don't think that Radar's comment is that the clubs are inferior. I think Radar's comment is more about everything's going well in your career. Yeah. Why make such a, a fundamental change? Yeah, and, that, and, that, and, that, and that's, that's fair enough. But he could easily have had maybe a dip in form with his old clubs. You don't know. So I, I think it's one of those tricky questions. I think it's a fair point. Um, and if Johnson's... Really, really struggling with those clubs. I think he's the only one who's going to be known. But actually, I saw him miss a few putts. Um, he missed. He had a horrendous horseshoe. Oh, I did on the Thursday from about a yard. Heartbreaking horseshoe, wasn't it? Check that out on um, yeah video streaming service. Um, and he's he hasn't changed his putter, and he is known for his amazing putting. So I mean, I think it's he it's might easy. just be going through the, might be going through one of those little dips. It's easy to attribute blame. The point is, there's a, often, as we see it all the time, there is quite a prolonged bedding-in period when it comes to switching clubs. Look at Mac- McElroy and Nike as the obvious example. Really struggled initially, then went on to win two majors the next season. And Zach Johnson as well, another point is that he's, he's so financially well-off that he wouldn't have made this decision for the money he must have. There must be I'm merit. Sure, in the come club. on, Nick. It will be a factor, but it won't be the principal factor. He would not switch to those clubs if he felt they were inferior at all in the financial position that he is in. But so. surely that, if if money isn't any kind of a factor, then the only reason that you would change is if you thought they were significantly better. It's a secondary factor, I think. Um, I certainly don't think he would he was expecting any sort of dip off in his own form when he switched, and then when he was going to switch, and he realised that he would get a nice financial boost as well. Of course, that comes into it, but. First and foremost, it's about playing standards, and he wouldn't have let them slip in the position that he is in, especially being, what, 39, 40 years old. So. That, but that, I think that's the point. He's 39, 40 years old, and if it does take him, as, as it took Rory, a couple of years to get used to it, you know, because suddenly you're hitting the ball different distances with your irons, you, you, you need to go through the gapping thing at the top end of the bag, you need to make sure the wedges are all dialed in. Yeah. So it, it's... An, a, a, this is getting used to the feel of the golf clubs. He's now, th- what, how old is he, 39? I think he's late 30s. But let's this say he's 39. He months. might be 41 fev- but by the time February. he starts getting used to the this golf clubs February. again. As Tom said, he might have had a, a lull in form anyway with his old clubs. It's February. It's two months. Let's just have a little bit of perspective. And if he's still struggling by the end of the year, then perhaps we'll, we'll say it's an area of concern. But sometimes you have to take these hits in the short term in order to get better in the long term. He obviously feels they're going to be beneficial for the remaining years of his career. So that's why he switched. I think he's open champion. He can do what he wants. <laughs> he, you know, he's an adult. That's he's fair. allowed. To, he's allowed to change his clubs. Harrington won three majors and then changed, started changing his swing. And we, a lot of people said, "Why are you doing this?" And perhaps he shouldn't have done it. But it's his choice. It's his career. We might be of supporters of a, a golfer or of the sport. Think, why are you doing that? But it's, I like that line. I'm open champion. I can do what I like. <laughs> well, he can, he can do. <laughs> he fair can point. Do. He's 
He's a driven he, competitor. He's, 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 not he's in every major. He's in money. every big event. He's, you know, he's... <laughs> okay, no, I, I think, uh, point made. Uh, we will watch this space with Zach Johnson, see how he goes for the rest of the year. Um, maybe it's something we can talk about again in a later podcast. Um uh, if his form picks up or if he carries on in the same vein. So we shall watch this space. Um, again, I wanted to just go back very quickly to talk about the long putter um, ban and the effect that it's had on some of the players because I looked this morning... It's, a, it's an anchoring ban, by the way. It's not, not a long, long putter, putter ban. Just, thank you. Just going to just stop you there. No, thank you very much. We wouldn't want a barrage of emails to... Yeah. Well, no, because especially they're probably going to my inbox. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the, the three... I guess three stroke four biggest players that it's affected were Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, Adam Scott, Ernie Els. All major winners, all used the belly putter. Adam Scott used the long putter. Um, and I was just looking at their world rankings to see how the the impending ban affected them. So uh, Keegan Bradley in 2012 was ranked 13th. 2013 was ranked 20th. 2014 was ranked 28th. 2015 was ranked 70th and he's currently 89th uh webb simpson uh 2012 was ranked 11th there's a lot of numbers coming here <laughs> neil just so you're, you're aware of that <laughs> tell me with tell I'm me going to note these all down no okay. uh simpson uh, was ranked 11th in 2012 21st in 2013 43rd in 2014 uh, and 74th in 2015 and that's where he is now uh, adam scott's um demise it wasn't really a demise, but his world ranking didn't slide as far. Um, he went down to 12th and is now back up to 9th. Um, the, the challenge these f- guys are facing, is it a technical challenge or is it a mental challenge? I don't... Th- the, the guys you've spoken about, the, the reason for their drop in world rankings, that was world rankings, World it? ranking, yeah, is not because they're putting, it's because their, their all-round game has not been up to scratch. Keegan Bradley's not known for being a great putter. But hang on, hang on, let me finish. He, he's, he's. I've got. See, I've got my own mic now. I can say that. Um, <laughs> King Bradley was known for being his brilliant ball striking, hit the ball a country mile, hitting greens regulation, and then holding some some putts when required. He's not been doing that. Webb Simpson, again, he got picked on the uh, in the Ryder Cup team at Glen Eagles. He wasn't playing very well. He got picked because he was lack a of persuasive power. He'd been yeah. in poor form. Bradley been hitting the ball all over the golf course for the last couple of years since winning what the WGC in 2013. Yeah. I think. So he's he's. It's easy to, as I said earlier, it's easy to attribute blame to something else when actually the fact of the matter is that their long games have been. They've been but Nick, I'll put this games. to you: anyone who struggled with their putting, myself included, would um, uh, point to the fact that and if, you, chipping. if you struggle with your short game in putting, in particular, it puts pressure on your long game. I was. I, yes, that's a fair point. But I think the one person who has properly struggled is Ernie Els, because if you uh, again go to a video streaming site and. Put in Ernie Els missing from a foot or some other yeah, terrible yips. He's he's, he's had a couple of absolute shockers, which I I haven't seen anybody else with those really. VJ, v, well VJ, VJ's VJ played VJ played very well at the weekend, didn't he? But even so, there was one moment where he missed a putt or an absolute yeah. tiddler. So so when you look at those guys, so Ernie and VJ, you think you know they're struggling. Would they have done that with when they had the a long putter? Probably not. They were a lot more solid over the strike. The other guys, sorry, they ha- I have not seen them struggle on the greens, properly struggle on the greens, where they're absolutely you know, just pushing pushing putts. What we need to consider is we need their putting st- statistics alongside those world ranking statistics to work out if it is their putting or if it's something else. But let's not forget that none of these guys have switched to an anchored putter within the last 10 years. They've been using them for their entire careers. So if you're attributing the decline to the putter then you must attribute the rise to the putter as well so i don't know i think we can read into statistics all we like but we really need to see their putting form over the last four years alongside the world rankings to try and make any sort of judgment okay well um as always we're very interested to hear what you think so uh, if you have an opinion on this please do let us know via our various different social media channels um we're pretty active on all of them uh, so twitter facebook instagram let us know what you think uh, about whether the uh, anchored putter ban is fair whether you think that uh, Adam Scott's better off with the the shorter putter um, we'd be very interested here um, quick mention of Graham McDowell finished fifth on his own um, after the win in Mexico this is the the next best result he's had for a while I mean, I th- actually I think he's had Jeremy Eld was telling me earlier that he's had four top six finishes this season on the PJ Tour and he has 
this incredible ability to produce some really good form in a Ryder Cup year, doesn't it? If you actually look back, <laughs> it's amazing to see. I was actually looking at his form table over the last few years earlier, and every Ryder Cup year, he produces some fireworks. It's, it's great to see because he's obviously such an asset in the Ryder Cup. Uh, it's great to have him back. We're all big fans of, of Graham mm. McDowell. He used to be a playing editor of ours, so uh, we wish him well. Um, a quick mention, gents, of what happened in Perth over the weekend. Nick, I know that you're one for setting your alarm for very early in the morning. Um, okay. Uh, Louise Tazen one, one on minus 16. Uh, your f- one of your favourites, Nicholas, uh, who I think you might have picked for this tournament, Alexander Levy came second. He didn't pick well, him. No. <laughs> I, I think I, I probably mentioned him last week. Good to see him. And Bordy. I think you mentioned Bordy too. Bordy's the kind of guy who just... He, finishes in the top 25 way more often than you think and he, he always ends up finishing about 60th on the race to Dubai and you think hang on how's he finished there I don't remember him contending in any tournament good good on a Sunday isn't he I think he, is. he yeah. just sneaks up there with a nice 67 on a Sunday and records the top 25 but Levy good to see I think he's someone who could make a late dash for the Ryder Cup berth but one thing to say about Louis imperious ball striking 93% greens in regulation I can't Stat- remember that stat ever being so high if ever you find yourself um, due to sit next to Nick at a dinner party I'd suggest well, moving the name to a long around. flight <laughs> come on that's phenomenal can you remember anyone ever usurping that before I can't no it, but it's the second week on the European tour where they've had one clear favourite in the field one player in the field who's head and shoulders above the rest who's gone on to win and doesn't make for particularly exciting however it was actually but a stronger field than it was last week in South Africa it was I mean, and the likes of good golf Levy, Uline um struggling to recall any other names but it was a decent golf course there were some decent names Dubuisson, in the field. Olison. there you go there you go uh, okay well that um i think we should end our look back at we're not going to mention sergio garcia's inability to get over the line again oh that's a bit harsh on i just think every time he, i think he struggled sort of some sort of crisis of confidence slash self-belief when he gets into these positions don't think he believes that he's going to get over the line what about which his, is very bizarre what what was it about his performance this week that you thought missing parts from within three feet not making a birdie until the 14th hole when you're going into the final round tie for the lead it's just concerning he doesn't seem to grab the ball what was a really tough course and with the wind blowing just look at his record when he's in contention and compare that to the amount of times he gets over the line surely you would concede that he doesn't win as much as he should and it is a bit of a problem for him would you not I'd, well, I would certainly agree he doesn't win as much as he should because he's certainly one of the most talented players in the world. But he's he's now in his kind of mid-30s and um, there are some fantastic players around now in the way that, you know, seven or eight years ago when Tiger was doing his thing and Sergio was the, the big challenger, there weren't. I just can't... I just find it hard to account for his body language in these situations. I would agree. He does get very slow on the green. Slow he gets a bit down on himself. Down on himself. Doesn't look like, it doesn't look to me like he believes he's going to win. He looked at Adam Scott to me and said, crikey, I'm going to really struggle to beat this guy. He's playing so well. And that's a concerning mindset to have when you're going into a final round of a tournament tied for the lead when you are such a good player yourself. Well, I would agree with that, uh, Nick. Uh, and we'll, we'll see how Sergio goes again this year. I mean, he'll be looking at, um, at the Open Championship, certainly is one that he's capable of winning and we would all... Uh, say that he was capable of winning, winning that one. Um, okay, that's enough of, of uh, the previous week on the uh, two tours. Um, we're now going to move over to take a look at the Golf Monthly Driver Test. So, uh, as I mentioned before, we were all down at uh, Foresight Sports this week, um, where we had every single driver that's currently on the market, and we were putting them through their paces. So, um, let's go over and find out what's going on there. Right, okay, so you join us here live at the... Um, Golf Monthly Driver Test, the annual 2016 driver test where we get the chance to uh, hit just about everything that's on the market. In fact, I think we probably do have in front of us somewhere everything that is on the market. Certainly, it feels like there's everything on the market. It feels like every shaft available is in the room with us. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Michael Harris, Golf Monthly's editor. Mike, you right? I'm very well now, yeah. Very uh, much enjoying the driver test. Chance to put so many of the uh, models through their paces. We've got six of us here today. You can even hear the hitting noises in the background. We're at Foresight Sports, um, their HQ down uh, in Guildford in Surrey. Uh, we're using their fantastic studio facilities here, uh, getting all the data down on the, uh, from the through the GC2s, using the latest software, got the simulators running. So great environment in which to be able to test lots of, lots of drivers. Okay, Mike, so f- first and foremost, just give us a bit of an insight into how we do it. Because, we, as I say, we do have... 
Um, I mean, as I look out in front of me here, I can see probably 50 driver heads, probably 70 driver shafts, uh, and numerous num numbers of uh, wrenches. I can also see some Maltesers on the table in front of me. <laughs> um, so, Mike, how, how exactly do we do it? Well, thankfully, I'm not the person who's had to actually bring it all together. That's technical editor Joel Tadman. But it's really important that obviously we have a variety of playing abilities, testing clubs today. So it's not just uh, Joel, who's a, a four handicap golfer yourself, five handicap, both swing the club really fast, very high club head speed, hit the ball a long way. We've also got uh, me off um, seven, doesn't hit the ball particularly long way. Got uh, contributing editors, Jeremy Elwood. <laughs> And Rob Smith, who are uh, in in the senior bracket, they're both aged over fifty. Jez plays off very respectable five. Rob fifteen, and also Jake O'Reilly, our uh, technical writer, who is off eleven. Um, so yeah, it's a good spread of ages and playing abilities and golf shots. Yeah, <laughs> and very much a big spread of golf shots, certainly. And I think it's important that you get all those views there from people who are used to hitting clubs day in, day out. I mean, that's one of the things that. You know, obviously, it comes with a job, uh, and it, you know, it is a job hitting golf equipment all the time. But it allows you to be able to, I think, discuss and quote, test really with with authority. Better put one product up against another, and, and, and there is sorry to keep on rambling on. I think the thing that we will find today is there will be no one best driver. It's about getting the right driver for your own. Uh, launch conditions whether you need to put extra spin on the ball whether you need to uh, try and straighten out a, a slice so but what we're trying to do is get that snapshot of, of everything that's available and what year. I would say is that when a manufacturer says they've done a certain things to the design of a club head to bring spin down or to help you straighten out a ball flight that might be going a little bit right whatever it might be the promises they make when you're actually testing one against the other against the other as we are all day you actually see those because the launch monitor numbers the data that we get on the GC2 really illustrates those points quite clearly now Mike the question then very simple question of everything you've hit today I know you've not quite hit everything yet but I would think you're not far off now we're coming towards towards the end of the day yeah absolutely uh, so maybe not definitive answer you'll have to go to the golf monthly June issue of golf monthly to find out but yep. Mike uh, of everything you've tested so far today what would you put in your golf bag tomorrow well um, I put down we did some testing with our own clubs at the start of the day I've just put the new ping g driver the ls tech version in the bag i played g30 ls tech last season so um you know a, a pretty sort of standard upgrade that i've just sort of made so i put a lot of spin on the driver so need to keep that spin down what's worked really well for me today actually is the mizuno jpx850 which is a driver in its second year of its product cycle a lot of adjustability there so I was able to move uh, the weights around be able to move uh, the center weight more towards the face again to reduce spin put uh, one the other the other way in the heel as well which again uh, probably sort of counteracted you know my natural cutting across the ball and I got the, the, certainly that's been my sort of you know up with my own ping G that would be my best numbers of, of the day there. And that shows that, I say, that adjustability is absolutely crucial because moving the other, you know, moving the weights around, trying it in different positions, that was by far the best performer for me. So, um, I say, I've not tried everything yet. Um, I'm mean, just perusing the yeah. clubs on the show, I yeah, see. Absolutely, just having a little little look up and down. Got a bit of a roving eye there. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're also, we're sat with Jeremy Elwood. Jez, hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Back's aching a bit now, but yeah, yeah and indeed, me too. Um, Jez used to be the Golf Monthly Equipment Editor. Uh, how long ago now, Jez? I would say it's about seven years ago now, eight years ago mm. now. I did it for five or six years, so that'd be about right, about eight years ago. And Mike, I'll just ask you a very interesting question about yeah. how the technology, how the golf clubs have changed since you were testing everything that's out on the market. What would you say in terms of how they've come on? Uh, I think, as I said, uh, said to you a moment ago, forgiveness is probably the, the main thing now. I've just been making some notes here on the M2 driver, which I didn't think I personally hit that well, and a couple of shots that went quite a long way right still were out there at the 250 mark, which that I don't think that would have been the case eight, nine years ago. And Jez, for you, same question as I just asked Mike, if you had to, had to put one of these drivers in your golf bag, which would it be? I am. Um, I wasn't listening to what Mike said, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go for the ping. Uh, Ping G, because um, 
many reasons. One, it was very consistent and it had a better feel than quite a lot of the drivers. I think feel is still quite a big thing. Uh, and the sound and feel that gave me an impact was just what I like. And of course, slightly helped by the fact that I did hit my longest drive with it at a 2.62, which is about as good as it's going to get for me these days. Oh, a whopping 2.62. Very impressive. Okay, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for the full results of the driver test. Uh, you'll be able to get those in Golf Monthly magazine. We're only printing them um, in full in the magazine. So you'll have to pick up a copy of the issue, uh, which you will find in the June issue of Golf Monthly, I believe. I'm looking around the room, gents. That's correct, isn't it? Yes, that is correct. I'm getting nodding approval. Um, uh, and it's mid-April that you'll be able to find that on the shelves. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that because we, as I say, at the moment we haven't hit everything and it's not really fair to talk about the test as a whole until we've really given everything a go. Um, but you'll be able to find out what our favourites were, what you, what might suit you and your games. We'll try and divide it all up by helping you to come up with a test list of your own that, that's sort of suitable for your game. Uh, and the only way you'll find that is by uh, picking up a copy of the June issue of Golf Monthly. Uh, but from the driver test here at, at Foresight Sports in Surrey, it's goodbye. Right, so that was the big driver test. Um, and now let's, it's time for us to look ahead to the WGC Cadillac Championship. So this week on the PGA Tour European Tour, it is the first WGC event of the world. Uh, of the, the, world of the year <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's the first event of the year where all of the big names are playing there are uh, 48 of the world's top 50 playing who aren't uh, well Nicholas good question ah you're prepared <laughs> I am going to I'm, I've got a quiz for you both ah splendid like that you. might end up being one of the quiz questions but I'm changing the format slightly this week of the quiz head in to that head. you're going to go head to head Ooh, you've got five I questions like each um, hopefully the just going to hide my notes now <laughs> uh, similar crying eyes I have, I'm going to therefore draw attention to the fact that once again Tom has about 15 sheets of paper in front of him whereas I have one solitary page of a notepad open fail and to what's prepare on that notepad prepare Stats, to fail <laughs> what else <laughs> Um, okay, right. So, Tom, I'm going to start with you. Hello. Uh, what I would describe as uh, a straightaway opener. You know, the sort of par four you're looking for when you arrive at a golf club. Let's say, let's say the first at Sunningdale Old, Tom. A, a, a pretty straightforward hole, one that you're looking is an easy getaway. Trouble all down the right. What happened to you at the first at Sunningdale? I can't remember. Um, Tom hit one of the worst shots I've ever seen in my life. Um, a big a block that almost went through. Well, the okay, okay, okay. I've got to go through all your bad shots. I've seen you. Yeah, no. Let's move right. on from this topic. Um, okay. So, question number one, Tom. Uh, Trump Doral is otherwise known as the Blue Monster. Correct. Oh, come on, really? Bing. I'm a similarly easy starter, Nick. Yes, you do. Oh, very good. An, an easy straightaway opener. Um, who did Dustin Johnson beat to win last year? Covering up my bit of paper. <laughs> no, Tom, you should really turn over your paper. And Nick, I don't even know. eyes over to the other side of the studio. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I wish I hadn't asked for a straightforward opener now, because I don't think I know the answer. Come on, come on. Journey back. You're going to be one down through one here. Dustin Johnson last year. What's the question? Who did, who did he beat? Who was second? Yeah, who was second, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Silence. Nothing like a bit of silence on a podcast, is there, Nick? Yeah, sorry. You might actually even be able to hear Nick's brain. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Um, I'll give it, should, should I give him a, a clue? No. <laughs> nationality, go on, give me a nationality. Oh. Uh, American. Oh. American. <laughs> <laughs> Great clue, then. <laughs> Let's go with um, John's Beef. No, well done, well done, Nick. Tom? Uh, JB Holmes. Correct. JB Holmes. Um, who actually, I think, I think I'm right in saying, started last year's tournament with a 62 so it was quite yeah, a long way was, clear i think it was a long way clear he, he lost round. to johnson by one shot but in the final round johnson shot 69 jb Holmes shot 75 so he was in, in really good form at that time of the uh, year. okay so uh tom turn your paper over i've turned turn it, um, turn it over nine players have won multiple wgc events <laughs> okay <laughs> i've got to name all of them yes not, not, nine, <laughs> I've asked you for n- <laughs> nine players have won yeah. multiple WGC events. Yeah. I've got to name them. <laughs> well, that's the most ridiculous question of all time. Just, put, just engage your brain. Tiger Woods. You can get there. Blame the questions, Tom. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yes. Dustin Johnson. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he, that's the reason that he became... He, he won in he China, became, didn't he, a couple of years before? Yes, so yes, Dustin Johnson. 
Uh, Roy McIlroy? Yes. Blimey. Phil Mickelson? Yes. <laughs> How is, that? is that nine? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four. Um, Sergio Garcia? I know you oh, won one. No. Maybe I no. know you won one. I'll, I'll let you have uh, to help. I'll let you have two wrong answers. Okay. Well, okay. okay. Is that fair? Yep. Um, I've got to pick my battles wisely here. Tactics come into it with the two buys. Why do I think? I know Darren Clark won one. Did Darren Clark win two? He taps his smiling at me. Oh, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm going to come back to Darren Clark. Um... Oh, good grief. This is tough. Vijay Singh? No. Oh, damn it. Um, I don't think Spieth's won two. Unless I've got that completely wrong. I don't think he has. No, you, you're asking questions, looking for a reaction. <laughs> oh, yeah. Suggestively <laughs> around the room. This is, um, um, oh, I, I, this is this is very tricky. Stop scanning for clues and just say say a name. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm just trying to think, because they've been going for a while. Darren Clark? Yes. Yeah, Boom. Cool. I think that's a good one. That's good a good cool. one. I'll take that one. I think that's. I think that should be worth a couple, a couple of points. So how many have I got? Five. If so you I'll get s- one more, I'll give you half a point. <laughs> okay. Um, who have I not said? Um, Okie dokie. Bubba Watson. No. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so that was incorrect. And uh, Nick, go on. I how many do you think probably, you can get? I think I can probably get another couple. Ernie. Yes. Oh, I think Hunter Mayhans won too. Correct. Oh, well um, done. Well done. I should have said Ernie. That's bad. Who's one. won the match play quite a lot? Kutch has won the match play. I don't know who's won. There's one player who's won three. Three who match you're not plays. getting. And I don't know whether he's won. I don't think they're all match plays, but um, uh, not. he certainly won, has won the match play. So Donald? Donald won the match play? No. no. He, did, he did win oh. the match play, didn't he? Yeah. Holter won yeah, in won. China. Oh, oh, is it Poulter? Poulter, uh, yeah. correct. Uh. And so you're missing one, the player that's won three. Oh. Hmm. Oh uh, nationality? Uh, yeah, Tumbleweed blowing through the studio here. Adam Scott? He's Australian. Day? Scott? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Can't think of any other Aussies. Greg Norman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can hear people that's shouting. Shout louder. <laughs> He's a major winner. Hasn't done much for a few years. The only thing I can think is Steve Elkington, which is ridiculous, because I know there's some (laughs) high-profile Australian name out there that I just can't think of. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to put you out of your misery. It's Jeff... Ogilvy. Oh, Jeff Ogilvy. Yeah, it's just he's been. I think that's. So I think that was so actually long, quite a tough one. Yeah. yeah well, to be fair, we should have got that off the uh, Aussie. Jeff Ogilvy. It was hard, but I gave you chances to make it a little bit easier. That was uh, a ridiculous question, kind of say. Uh, so Nick, this is Nick's <laughs> tough question. Two. Um, actually, no, it's not. I, I'm, uh, number three is your hard question. Oh, number right. two. Oh, okay. How much did Donald Trump spend on the upgrade? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> To the nearest dollar. <laughs> okay. I'll do it to the nearest million. And that's a clue in itself. So it's more than a million. And Nick, that's a weird sound effect. <laughs> I hope that's a sound effect that you're... $210 million. Oh, not a bad effort. Um, but wrong. Highly commended, but you're wrong. It was Half two- a point? 200 million. <laughs> 200 million. Surely that's worth half a point. I th- do you know, I think... I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll, give I'll him give half, half a point for naming the world's top 10 players. He didn't get half a point. Well, it wasn't that. that wasn't the question. Either. I'll give you half a point, Nick. Okay. Calm down. Uh, Thomas. Hello. Um, who did... The bet, you bet on three players at last year's WGC. I did. Yeah. Well, have you been looking back through my articles? digging. I went to have a look at the best guide. Oh, my goodness. Who were they? <laughs> I can't remember. It. I can't remember last week. Strong question. <laughs> did I pick Dustin Johnson? You did. Yeah, you did. I was. Di- <laughs> do you know? I was uh, when I thought about this question. I was. I must have. I was disappointed to find yeah, out that you picked I, I the I think winner. I picked the winner. No, I. Th- I, d- I do remember that. You got picked the winner. The winner. There you go. Um, um, and oh, you and that's for the others as well. <laughs> that could be anybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I would have hit You're people. Absolutely mad for Boo Weekly. So maybe I know. Do I know? Well, I am. Or Garagus. Wasn't Weekly or Garagus? It wasn't. No. No. Um, <laughs> they're usually about hundred to one. They could quite good shot. Um, Neither of these players would have been that that long. Who's Hazen? No. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I could just go through the whole of... Uh, uh, Patrick Reed and Sergio Garcia. Oh, three good picks. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, that was wrong, I'm afraid, Tom. I, so I think I should get half a point. Nick is, Nick is currently leading one and a half. Ha- somehow. One, somehow. But he has, a, he has a question in hand. Um, it's just like but this is Nick's difficult one. Two of the world's top 50 are not playing. This week at the WCC. You said three earlier. No, he said two. Forty-eight of the world's top oh. fifty are playing, so that means that leaves two. Um, who are those two? Just and I'll give you an extra half point if you can tell me why they're not playing. Nick the only in thing I can think is that Mickelson used to skip this event because it clashed with school holidays or something. Is <laughs> 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 Great insight to Nick's brain going on here. <laughs> That is that's certainly a reason why I missed one of the previous stagings of this event. I can't think of anyone's injured who's injured. Silence okay, is good. I'm gonna again. go for kind of off piste one. Let's go for Thong Chai Jai Lee. Where on earth did you pop that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> why is he not playing? I I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is that right? It just says illness. So yeah, he's, That's not one. The, he's not in the field. Um, Nick, I don't know how you got that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, some, this seems <laughs> dodgy. This seems dodgy to me. It'll seem even dodgier if he gets the second one. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't have thought. I, I'm, I'm going to give him half a point, I think. What? Uh, <laughs> Hang on, listen, you might get a whole point in a minute. Who's right towards the end, who would it be? Um, someone in the fourth. Come on, Nick. Alex Noren. No, Jim Furyk, wrist injury. Uh, of course. So I'll give you half a point of for course. that. Of course. So the scores are... Is that it? Uh, Tom's on one, Nick's on two. No? Oh, good. Anyway, you've got your opportunity. It feels like the penalties yesterday again <laughs> behind... <laughs> Willie Caballero. I know. Tom, who would have thought it, eh? Yeah. Um, this is an easy one. Oh, no. Um, Tom, seven players. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to name all seven this time. Seven players have won a WGC um, as their first PGA Tour win. Two, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is an easy one. Two of the last two. Two, two of the Who are the last two? Two of the last two? Yeah, so the last two have won PGA Tour events. The WGC has been their first PGA Tour win. The last two winners of a WGC event. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I clarify this. So what's that? The so WGC it's uh, Francesco champion. Molinari. The last two. <laughs> what? <laughs> Francesco Molinari? <laughs> the last two winners of WGC events. Okay. It has been their first PGA Tour win. Okay. So who won in China? I'm going to let you get away with that year. because... Francesco um, Molinari did win his first... He did win I a WGC event. Well, he's probably yeah. one of the seven, yeah. but... Not oh, well, there you go. I'm I'm I think I should get two. an extra point then. He's asking for a specific two, though, Tom. I know, and I'm thinking I should know this. Who won the last two WGCs is the question. Yeah. And as I said before, I can't remember last week. So um, This is the sort of question that Nick H-S-B-C eats up for HSBC champion. I know, no, it, it is. HSBC champions was won by... Was it won by an Englishman? I'm looking for. It was not won by. No, it wasn't won by an Englishman. Who won it? It was um, someone won it to our Scottish contingent. I apologise for that. Oh, Scott. Oh, oh yeah. So that was it. Led Russell, to, Russell, led to many Russell great Knox? headlines. Yeah. Russell Fortnott. Russell Fortnott. Opportunity Knox. There we go. I knew it's. Yep. So that's one. Got that's a point. Uh, <laughs> and the other. So what is what is the W? What is the one before that? It, it's it, the part of the question, Tom. Stone. It's the next giving you help because there. I just I write that tournament. It's such a monotonous event. I can't even <laughs> remember who won it. That court goal force is so boring. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I want to know what you, you do like the podcast the week we <laughs> preview for that. <laughs> <laughs> so who won the Bridgestone? Um, the, oh, come on, Tom. I, this what? is this is meat and drink. Well, you say that somebody that writes betting guides oh. on a you weekly s- basis. I know by I know you. Now. I've remembered. Yeah. 
So it's their first PJ Tour. I, I can't. Can I have a clue? Any, I can't offer you nationality. Any clues. No, it's no, too I, obvious. I can't offer you any clues. I give them a okay tree. There you go. That's your clue. <laughs> tree. A right. bit obscure. A bit obscure. He's up a tree, in a tree, off a tree, hit a tree. Well, yes, speaking to the yes. mic. Well, I don't. Well, I'm just saying tree a lot. And people aren't <laughs> people aren't missing a lot. Oh, a great deal at the moment. <laughs> he hit a tree. And but he's remembered predominantly for what he did to the tree after winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very strange. It's a very <laughs> odd sentence. He hugged one the I never tree. thought he I'd hugged say. the tree hugged after. The tree. Oh, I, I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, that was a strange thing to say. I can't remember. You can't remember? No, I can't remember. Go on, tell me. Oh. Shane Lowry. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, dear. That's another. That's that's that. that's the equivalent of um, of a missed three-footer. Get half a point. No. I've got Francesco Molinari no. as well. <laughs> <laughs> he, well he, wasn't, he, he wasn't an answer. In my head, he was. Okay, Nicholas. Um, Time to turn the There were two Europeans in the top ten. Lot this time last year at the WGC. Who were they? Two Europeans. Yep. In the top ten at the 2015. Oh, on the final leaderboard. Yes. Right. Okay. This time, I mean, perhaps that's an awful question because this time last year was the Monday and they hadn't even started. <laughs> but the people don't know that. People who are listening to this don't I know. I know, but we we do. We're answering the question. We we are live now. <laughs> this is real, isn't it? It is Monday morning <laughs> when we are previewing this week's golf. So I, um, I'm going to cheat. Henrik Stenson. Correct. Ooh. <laughs> this is to this is to effectively win. Oh, this is Yaya Torres here. This is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think no, it's a bit more silence. Yeah, it's got a very strange expression. On his it face. does. Usually, has this expression about four o'clock in the afternoon. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin Rose. Oh. Uh, no, thank God. Try Rory McIlroy. Yeah. That was an easy question. <laughs> yes, taps. Again, we're gonna we are one week. We are gonna turn the tables, and we're gonna You're do a quiz trouble. for you. <laughs> you are in trouble. Come up with rubbish my, questions. My knowledge isn't. Um, if mine, if this if, if this question starts with "There's been twelve or something," <laughs> or like, no, this is your Donald Trump question. <sighs> um, Trump International Golf Links, Ireland, yep. used to be known as what? Doombeg. Correct. Boom. That's an absolute <laughs> gift. Are you serious? Come on! Come on! <laughs> I, look, look who you, look who we're talking about. I'm sure, things will Just balance themselves out with this next. Used question. to be, um, I used to be golf monthly courses editor at one point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nicholas, uh, your Donald Trump question I is already had my Donald Trump question. I thought your second Donald Trump. Oh, question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is name the Trump documentary that was on the BBC? Oh no! Oh nothing! No oh. idea. I think I know. Coming up, Trumps. Uh, okay, if okay, I'm going to offer Tom half a point. That so effectively, if Tom gets it, he wins. Ooh. This is an absolute scandal. <laughs> I've had two questions on Donald Trump. <laughs> so if I know the answer, his Donald I'll Trump win. question was named Doonbeg. Okay, go on. You've been trumped. Correct. <laughs> Boom. We have a winner. Come on. I declare this quiz void. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well. There's, there you go, I win. Boom. I hope, um, in some way, that might have been <laughs> useful if you're thinking. Did he actually answer any question correctly? He. In that whole quiz. Not the blue monster. Not the blue monster. What an easy question. Doombeg, oh. you've been trumped. That's about it. Yeah, I mean that's a fairly easy selection there. But I am not to, not one to judge the quiz master. No, no, okay. no. Okay, so on. So who let's won? Who on. won that quiz? Nick. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, let's do a, have a little quick preview of um, the. WGC Cadillac Championship. It's a fixture on the European, on the um, PGA Tour European Tour for um, uh, quite a few years now, and all the players will be fairly familiar with the golf course. Even though it did receive quite a big upgrade in 2012, I think it was Nick. Is the sort of thing you would know. 20, I'm going to say 2012. Yeah. Um, um, was it about? Was it not just 2014? 2014. I thought last for, last year was the first. No, I think yeah. Patrick Reed won it on with Reed, the first time. Reed won fourteen. On the, I, on I'll be honest; side. I was just saying yes with conviction, so no one would ask any follow-up <laughs> questions. But that hasn't worked. <laughs> okay, if anyone knows, please t- tell I us. I think uh, twelve does uh, on reflection seem a bit early. I think it probably yeah. was fourteen. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, the golf course first topic of the, um, to talk about. Much what? better now. Much better now. Because uh, 
Was that another conviction? No, Much better is. now. Listen, Don't ask me any other questions on it. a huge amount of, of danger. It was a little bit of a birdie fest. And now it's, it's, there's trouble around every turn. They've turned some of those bland holes into actually some pretty meaningful holes now. I think the first used to be something like a straightaway 500-yard par 5, really dull hole, and now they've put a lake in and extended it. So they just touched this like that all the way through the golf course, and they have enhanced it uh, significantly, I think, and made it a tougher test, as it should be, given the fact that it's a World Golf Championship. And it was it was called the Blue Monster, but the basically the way because it of was, one hole. Yeah, the way that it was playing, the years leading up to the revamp, it yeah. wasn't. They the were shooting sixteen, test that seventeen, eighteen under par. No, uh, really. So it, it did need a refresh, and I actually think that a good job has been done there. Yeah, uh, Tom, thoughts on the golf course? Um, well, I think I, what you guys have said is pretty right. It is tricky. Last year, I'm just looking at last year's um, leaderboard, the top six or seven players. There's only one player who shot. Uh, more than one round in the 60s and that was Dustin Johnson so all, all the others I've had very, one very low round in the 60s and and then was in the 70s all around the 70s 8-9 under one something like that didn't it uh, it wasn't even double digits under par I yeah. think so and the, when the, and the wind often does get up there doesn't it um, as you often experience in some of these um, Florida golf courses and when the wind gets up and with that much water in play it's it's pretty treacherous. It's long yeah. as well. And it's it's a good closing stretch because you've got 16, which I think is a short par four off the top of my head. So that presents a birdie opportunity. But then 17, 18, very tough, particularly 18. What I like about 18 is the fact that you can't just smash it down there on the right because then you're not going to get to the green in two. Um, so you can't bail out anywhere. You've just basically got to stand up got there a good and, shot. and commit to hitting a good drive because... And it, what's so good about it is if you're on the left side of the fairway, it's an easier approach to that slanted green, but... Obviously, no one wants to go anywhere near that water. So it's a very good uh, hole for strategy-wise off the tee. Yeah, and and I think it was the um, I think it was this tournament a couple of years ago that led to one of the greatest graphics I've ever seen on a TV broadcast, which was um, uh, Brett Rumford, who's a great guy who I've met a few times, top bloke, but struggled a little bit with the 18th. And I think it was here. I don't think it was Sawgrass. I think it was here. And he hit. I think he hit four in the water. And and the 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 fifth the fifth drive went quite a long way right, and it was just it that that graphic basically summed up how my golf would how I would play that <laughs> hole, um, and it did make me chuckle. Was it? Did Rory throw a club in the water last year here? Was he did, yeah. yeah. Um, and then apologised immediately, and I think he and avoided. Trump sent a diver in to get the club, and then they awarded it to him. Yeah, in the clubhouse, I think, didn't they? <laughs> playing fairly poorly at that point, I think. I actually. It was home to another one of my favourite golfing memories as well. I think it was in about 2001 or two when Craig Parry held his second shot in a playoff right. over Scott Verplank. I don't know if you remember that. Not vividly. Quite a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, in the first playoff hole, Parry drives it straight down the middle and holds his second shot on the hole that was statistically the hardest on the yeah. tour that year. It's a great moment. Um, okay, so gents, we're, we'll do what we always do at this point, and I'm going to ask you for two names. One of the favourites, what you would describe as one of the favourites, and one as a slight outsider. Who do you think is going to play well? Tom, I'll start with you as the betting expert. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Snigger there in the background. <laughs> oh, uh, just before we say, just um, <laughs> the uh, caveat that goes with this, I'm going to just read out how our picks did last week, which I meant to do earlier, which I didn't say. Honda Classic, we went for, uh, I went for Jason Duffner, uh, finished tied 61st. I also went for Paul Casey, finished 43rd. I also went for Rory McIlroy, missed the cut. Um, you both went for Brendan Grace, who also missed the cut. Uh, Nick, you went for Jonas Blix, who missed the cut. Um, Nick, you also went for Ches Reevy, who didn't play. <laughs> and Nick, you, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned in, in dispatches. Adam you say Scott. sorry, sorry, Tom. Tom, I mentioned I mentioned Antwerp. I also so mentioned Tom Andy Sullivan, and Andy Sullivan actually played pretty decently. Even though he shot, he I think probably I think one over, but he's maybe twenty, thirty, or something like that. In the it was tricky. Suffice so to say, we didn't cover ourselves in glory. <laughs> no, <laughs> tricky, However, tricky the event. Week before we did fairly well, I think. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember that. Far if you back. look at if you look at who, I mean, Blaine Barber finished third. I don't even know who Blaine DJ Barber Singh is. Finished fifth. So it's an a odd tricky week, one. all round. Tricky, yeah. Okay, so anyway, much easier this week. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Tom. You have you have a good track record in this event. I'll say that. Much. Well, you, clearly, I haven't picked the winner uh, last time. Um, it's it's one of those guys. It does hit the gu- hit, uh, It does um, it does help the guys who hit the, a long ball and who are hitting the ball particularly well. If you look last year, Dustin Johnson was up there. Bubba Watson was up there. Adam Scott, Stenson, Oosthuizen. 
So all the so having mentioned Scott and Oosthuizen, uh, I th- I'm going to say that Adam Scott's going to go back to back. back. To back. Uh, he just seemed to be playing very well when he was well done by one. He did go in. That's what happened. He Phases did, where he was. Yeah, he would just be really, 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 really good. So um, I think Adam Scott's going to be the man to beat in this uh, tournament. That's without even mentioning McIlroy, Spieth, and Day. Uh, and then as well, a, no, you just mentioned them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's your out, who's your more of an outsider? And then uh, uh, we have mentioned him slightly already, but Billy Horshaw, I think, is one person to look out for. I think you can get him very good odds when he is playing very well. He's another one who can go on these massive runs, um, as he did when he won the Zurich FedEx Cup. FedEx Cup. And, and Zurich, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's one I think to, to have a look out for, and I think did reasonably well there before. So. Okay, good. Uh, Nicholas? Uh, I'll go Stenson as my favourite. He just hits it both long and straight, which I think is often underplayed. He hits a lot of fairways. Uh, he's got the length to reach all the par fives and two as well. I think they're quite a long selection this week. Um, hits a lot of greens, hits a lot of fairways. Class player. Um, pretty self-explanatory. And then I'll go with David Lingmurth um, for my outside. I think he's actually a very impressive player from what I've seen of him whenever he's featured impressively closed out Justin Rose last season at the Memorial <laughs> I think it was uh, the reason I'm laughing is because anything re- involving Justin Rose Nick remembers with pinpoint accuracy <laughs> no, was, it, I thought he was very impressive in that event and he played well last week as well and he did very well at the Players which is another course with a lot of water so a bit of a tenuous link there but let's go with David Lingmurth uh, he's he's playing pretty well at the moment as well yeah, isn't he yeah, he's, he's moving well in the right last direction week as well um, okay, I'm going to go for my favourite would be Bubba Watson. Did I say Bubby Watson there? <laughs> Mate, <laughs> Bubby Bubby Watson. you may have done. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Bubba Watson. Coffee's uh, kicked in. He's finished, uh, he's come close to the year that Justin Rose won. I think he was... Well, he, in t- 2012, he missed about a six-footer to get into a playoff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and had been leading. He's got a ridiculous record. Around he's there. played there he's well there a few times, hasn't he? He's obviously playing very nicely, having won the Northern Trust, and he the, the ability to shape the ball, especially if the wind gets up, is going to play a crucial role. So I'd say Bubba would be my number one pick, and then as my outsider, I'm going to go for Shane Lowry. Again, he's moving in the right direction. He played pretty well last week. He was up there on the leaderboard on day one and playing nicely, and then I think he had a complete nightmare in the bear trap. Um, and I think Shane Lowry is now at that point in his career where it's not inconceivable that he would win another big one. I mean, he's already won one WGC, but I think he turns up yes, to these Yes, he won his uh, first uh, <laughs> PGA <laughs> You know it well. Yeah, yeah I remember it. Uh, but it's not inconceivable that he he would go go ahead and win something like this tournament. It's not, and you forget that he played extremely well in the US Open as well last year and was on the leaderboard all weekend, mostly. Exactly. So he's, he's obviously got that. And I game. think he has probably the best chipping touch of any player in the world and if the wing gets up then your chipping game is going to be absolutely crucial mm. and so that's why I think Shane Lowry's got half a chance yeah. one thing time. I was going to mention is I'm really looking forward to the Masters at the moment because <laughs> I know we are but particularly this year Spieth, McElroy, Day but then all the ones that you want to be coming into form Everyone well, else in everybody is, 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 either, well. is, is playing well or winning Oosthuizen, Scott Watson, they all you know all won there before. Ricky Fowler, I haven't even mentioned Ricky Fowler. I mean, Ricky Fowler's playing really well. It's I think I don't know what the it the odds I don't know what well, the odds are going to look like this year, but um, there's going to be some guys probably really nice price. It's always <laughs> tricky at the Masters because you end up betting on half the field. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true. That's a very good point. And have you got any of the odds for this week? WGC. They're not actually out at the moment on Monday. I I looked earlier. None of the bookies actually. They usually get the odds up either Monday evening or Tuesday the, the, morning. The issue is that Adam Scott's going to be a strong favourite, I would think, for this you would week. You would think he would be surprised but if he didn't field, finish top he's five. not going to be the overwhelming favourite, I wouldn't have the, But that's the joy of having having Maybe. Spieth and McElroy. Maybe, in what, eight, eight or ten to one? Yeah, he something probably like will that. be something like that. Yeah. But when you have Spieth and McElroy, Spieth and McElroy will always be around five to one, six to one. It does actually just mean that all the other prices get pushed up a bit. Interesting. I would say that eight or ten to one for Adam Scott's not, not yeah. bad value, actually. Because yeah. yeah. I would be surprised if he didn't finish in the top. Certainly in the top. There were, there, but there'll be there'll be guys. I think he was. I think Scott was twenty to one last week. Um, Coming off the back of a good performance, uh, the week uh, before, so they'll, they'll be well. there because they just can't have everybody at six, seven to one because they won't make any money. No. Um, so, okay. Well, that's the um, the WGC Cadillac. We look forward to it. Should be a good tournament. Um, gents, any other business? AOB. 
yes, I have one thing to mention, which is Golf Modley's now on WhatsApp. Oh, we are, indeed. We are, because it goes through to Neil's work phone, and he loves all the people <laughs> signing up. So go to the Golf Monthly website, golf-monthly.co.uk, and there's details on there how to sign up, and you get all the latest news, tips, reviews, etc. And it's not a big message board, so you won't get We're not bombarding mess- people no. with loads of stuff. We're going to do a couple of pieces a day. We're yeah. going to tweet top, out our... Top. Oh, sorry, top, not tweet out. No, that, um, that's Twitter. Broadcast, I think, is <laughs> yes. the WhatsApp terminology. <laughs> We're going to broadcast to you, straight to your phone, a couple of our favourite pieces every day. So, um, For example, this will go out today. We'll, we'll, we'll send out a link to the podcast, for example. And we'll continue to do so. So if you want to just um, keep abreast of when these are being published, then please do join us on uh, the WhatsApp list um, and you'll get it straight to your phone. Uh, Nick, anything you'd like Nothing to say? Nothing for me, apart from the fact that this week is going to be a busy one getting the new uh, redesigned issue of Golf Monthly out the you door. You said that last three weeks. I know, but I'm going to continue to say <laughs> until it hits the shelves in a couple of weeks. So, as I said, uh, in a couple of weeks that will appear, so keep your eyes out for that. Indeed, indeed, well said. Uh, okay, thank you, gents. Thanks for joining us uh, this week. Um, if you uh, would like to follow us on the various different social media channels, I know I say this every week, I'm going to continue to do so. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, now WhatsApp. Um, please do follow us. Um, it's the best way to get your sort of fix of golf and we will always try to be the first people out with all the big nif- different news stories so um, do follow us on those channels uh, but in the meantime from the clubhouse it's goodbye